Hello, world. Welcome to the Triple R Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris Lee, joined as always by the Bohemian from Bohemoth. Bohemoth of Bonheim. Uh, Warren Lee. Warren, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well, Chris. I am uh, very excited to be talking about Royal Rumble 2000. Oh, yeah. Um, this was a, a very good pay-per-view and a very good choice by uh, by yourself. So give yourself a pat on the back. I will give myself a pat on the back. Thank you. Also joining us. Once your, once your pat on the back is uh, done, you can also give yourself. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Uh, joining us also. Uh, don't ever call him Pilcher. Uh, it's Justin Pilcher. Uh, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming back. I'm glad you were available. You guys falling into his trap. <laughs> Just falling into the trap. So, what trap? What boys. trap is that, Warren? Let's let's just let's just move on. Let's let's come on. Let's get into this, guys. It's Royal Rumble 2000. Uh, I, for one was very excited about this pay-per-view. I remember uh, only parts, bits and pieces of it from my from my youth. Uh, <laughs> the one bit that I did remember was the uh, missed rumble match, <laughs> which I probably should not have been watching at that age. Um, but we'll get into that when it comes up. Uh, of, of course, <laughs> out of... Uh, Kurt Angle versus a mystery opponent that was that was uh, ended up being Taz, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, the street fight with Cactus Jack and Triple H, the Royal Rumble itself. The part you want to remember is the Miss Rumble pageant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I I regret nothing. Uh, Pilch, uh, how did you feel about this pay per view as a whole? Uh, I actually like this pay per view a lot. Um, my one criticism on it was that it felt like an episode of Monday Night Raw or Thursday Night SmackDown. Really? So it, felt like it, was, it just seemed like a weekly show. It it did. And I'll back this up by the fact that we had a match, a promo, a match, a promo, a match, a promo. And that was kind of the formula this pay-per-view took. Not that it was bad. Like again, I completely enjoyed everything that happened, but um, I do feel like it was a very formulaic pay per view, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. I think that might be because I think the last pay per view we watched was the SummerSlam '05, and I think they was it that was it one of them it was either SummerSlam or WrestleMania but they had that same you know they did a lot of promos and I don't think they do a lot of promos in uh pay-per-views today and age so that was just uh, maybe that's just how they did it back then I think that's that's just that's just been the the formula uh that they've always done when it came to when it came to pay-per-views um and it's I mean it's okay I guess I didn't have necessarily a, a problem with it um, but then you, you look at today, like I, I, as we mentioned early on in the podcast, I'm a, a big new Japan wrestling fan and, um, their big shows or pay-per-views, um, 
it's literally just match cut away to show the crowd match cut away to show the crowd match and they do all their promo stuff in a uh press conference fashion um after the the pay-per-view is already done um they really treat over there like a like it's a, a sport instead of uh sports entertainment um but that's just always been wwe's uh, and at this time wwf's uh, tried and true formula was was the uh the match promo gimmick interesting interesting and so i mean i i don't know what else could be said i mean you know we're we're holding this Royal rumble in 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 msg new york city uh we got attendance at 19,231 um i mean let's just let's get into it let's 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 see where we're at uh first off before we start i will say that we are going to keep the same style as uh we'll get into the match each uh warren and pilt will take turns giving their thoughts on the match um i will at my discretion, award points for whoever I think won the round, and then at the end, we'll uh, decide a winner of the episode. So, uh, Warren Pilch, how you guys feeling? You ready to take this on? Ready to uh, redeem myself after the the last two pick episodes that we've had, uh, where Pilch kind of uh, was in control of the whole thing. I'm hoping to to regain a victory here. There we go, Pilch. How you feeling? You feeling good? I'm feeling great. Um, I do have a couple notes if I can put them in really quickly, Chris. Sure. That's possible. Sure. Go right ahead. I thought the intro package to this pay-per-view is a little short. Um, usually, WWE does a great job of leading into their pay-per-views, and it's very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just very big, I guess. And, you know, you kind of understand everything that's going on. Yeah, usually they're covering everything. I was surprised to see that they only covered the Cactus Jack Triple H uh, match. Completely agree. Um, Chris, this is a question to you. Here we go. Was uh, Madison Square Garden, did they sell out this evening? They did say it was a sold out crowd. Um, Okay. I was a little surprised at how low it was considering you know pay-per-views of now or it's like you know they're always setting these attendance records and it's you know oh we had 84,000 or a hundred and some odd thousand and blah 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 and it's like seeing it only at 19 or you know just a little over 19,000 was a little you know wow I can't believe that's a pretty small crowd but you know what I didn't know that MSG was such a a small venue or a smaller venue than than the stadiums we are accustomed to now so uh, yeah msg falls right in line with the rest of the the arenas that you would run into think of basketball or or football or basketball or uh hockey arenas Mm -hmm. Uh, all right what you're thinking of would be the bigger shows the stadium shows where wwe started to play football stadiums baseball stadiums and they're able to get you know the the 70 80 90 thousand people in uh in a uh in a venue mm-hmm. hmm. and uh my last and final note would be that i know chris and i have been clamoring this for two episodes now but uh we finally got a jr jerry the king waller booth which i yes. was yes we did and it was thrilled classic, about classic king Classic yes. thing, 
uh, Horn Dog King. Real excited. He actually hosted that uh, Miss Rumble uh, contest, and it was just it was it was Jerry and all his glory. If if I put in a vote for us to skip over the Miss Rumble uh, segment here on the on the Triple R podcast, I'd probably lose, wouldn't I? Uh, oh, yes, yeah, 100%. You are, you are uh, going to lose a point. So Warren has a negative point right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, hope, I'll hope to make it back, uh, earn that point back uh, in other ways. You can try, but you can try. try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's 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 jump right in, Warren. I know you're excited about this match because this is the debut of your boy from, from the what is it, Red Hook Red Hook District yeah, from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York. Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York. We have a uh, Kurt Angle uh, taking on his a uh, mystery opponent opponent, and I. So when this match was starting. The crowd immediately knows it's Taz. They know. They know exactly. They didn't know exactly who it is. Now I'm gonna throw this to you guys to see what you think. But when they when the crowd's chanting, I couldn't tell exactly what they were chanting at first. Um, at, at first, it sounded like to me like they were chanting to Kurt. You effed up. You effed up because they knew Taz was coming out and he was just going to suplex him day and night. Uh, uh, Warren, what were your what were your thoughts? So I think the first thing that I heard uh, was just we want Taz. That's what I thought I heard at first. Um, But you're absolutely right. If you if you think back to the lead up to uh, this match and the. the video clips that they would play on the Titan Tron, um, f- trying to figure out who this person with the, the tribal symbol and the 13 in the middle of it was. Um, you'd be hard pressed if you were any kind of a wrestling fan in that era to not know it was Taz. Um, I was at the height of my fandom then, and dirt sheets was were just becoming uh, available online to to the masses so i was knee deep in those as well but it was even without the dirt sheets it was pretty uh tough to tell that um it was pretty tough to not know that that was that was taz coming in and the crowd knew it um even before his little heartbeat music played um what i was also amazed at with kurt it was how over as a heel he was with what seemed to be little or no effort. He's still a fresh face here. Um, still very green, still doing his, his three eyes still sounds the words and the tone of his voice coming out still super like white meat baby face, but the crowd never bought it. And he was just, he was over as a heel. Like I said, with little to no effort. Um, Taz comes out, they get into it. It's a regular short match. Um, Taz got the Taz mission finish, uh, and it was also, I think, pre. This had this was pre before they were t- tapping out for submissions because the ref was still reaching for his arm before uh, Kurt Angle passed out. Um, but Taz interview stated uh, at 
at some point, once he heard that the the massive pop when he came out, that his uh, career in the WWE was kind of doomed um, because he just knew that he wasn't going to be able to live up to what he thought he was or what the crowd was expecting. And I don't think the WWE ever really got what Taz was, especially the animal that he was back in ECW. Yeah, that's true. I, You know, the downfall of Taz, maybe it's not such the downfall, but the, you know, watching him not shine the way you expected to um, in the WWE ring is, is, you know, it's unfortunate, but he redeemed himself on commentary because he really had oh, back for commentary. So absolutely. Uh, Pilch, what do you got for this match? Uh, I have a few notes here. <clears throat> I like the fact that uh, they left it up to a mystery opponent, which I think I wasn't watching Raw and SmackDown back then. I, I, actually, I probably was, but I just don't remember it. Uh, this was the first mention of It's Gonna Be a Slobber Knocker by JR, which I think is important because <laughs> he says that many times. I also thought that there was a ton of pyro smoke in the ring when Kurt Angle cut his promo. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but it looks like they hadn't figured out how to get rid of all the pyro smoke at that point. Yeah, that was a that was a real problem back then. They like hadn't figured out proper ventilation. So like somebody like um, you know, I I think Kaz had this had some smoke. Kurt Angle had I, he had had pyro, but if you watch like real early like Undertaker matches, around that time you know he there's a lot of smoke just like every time he comes out they fill the arena and they can't get rid of it um real big problem and you you know it was it was a real problem on like raws and and certain pay-per-views so they just hadn't figured out their ventilation of like clearing the smoke out i forget what year it, actually figured out but it was it was also a, a issue during the royal rumble when kane came out because kane oh, yeah, for sure. the, Kane had the lights go out. Kane had the noise. He didn't have the actual pyro, but when the lights came back on for him to walk to the ring, again, the, the smoke is back in the arena. Right. So. Completely agree. Uh, I also yeah, thought there was a giant Taz pop, which I think the entire crowd knew it was coming, but when he came out, they yeah. lost it, which, you know, to be expected, you know, being a New York City guy. Uh, yeah, 100%. Other than that, I mean, there there is a little bit too much mat wrestling in my for my taste. I mean, it was a lot. It was just like belly to belly slam, belly to back slam. Oh, I get up, back to back slam, belly to back slam, 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 slam. slam. You know, it was just that is that is it was, it was right an opening. It, it was an opening match to a pay per view. Really, like that's what it was. I didn't like the fact that they took it so far that Kurt Angle had to get stretchered out. That was ridiculous. And then, you know, <laughs> later in the show, he wakes up. He's like, did I win? It's like, of course not. You didn't win. You got choked out. Like, what? that's the dumbest that, question I've ever that heard. was the thing because they weren't sure if the Taz mission was a sleeper hold, which is legal, or if it was just a straight up choke, which is not legal. I wrote that down. I, that was in one of my notes. It's like, oh, it's so controversial. 
<laughs> the transmission is so controversial. They weren't, they weren't sure. They weren't well, sure. So you know? <laughs> the, big, the big thing in this match was it ended uh, Kurt Angle's undefeated streak, correct? It did. Yes, it did. Uh, I don't think he, he, if you had asked Kurt Angle, he never uh, technically uh, submitted, so it but, doesn't count. But I mean, it, it ended his undefeated streak. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think King uh, made a uh, point that he, uh, he 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 was never pinned, so he's still undefeated in that sense. Yeah, no, okay. he, he he got a hundred percent defeated. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, he was defeated. Uh, all right, I'm ringing the bell. I'm ringing, ringing the bell. Oh, we got two, we got two. Is, it, is it dinner time? That was good. I like that. <laughs> It, yours did sound having a triangle sound to it. Yeah. I actually just got immediately hungry. So now that I know that you have a bell, I'll put my bell away and you can ring your little house in the Perry triangle and just be, uh, be fine. All right. All right fine. Whatever. God, okay. So next next the card, we have uh, the Dudley boys versus the Hardy boys in a tag team tables match. Um, so when they introduced this match, I was like, oh, okay, this is for the titles. But then they, I soon realized that neither of these teams were the champions and the title match, the tag team title match was later. So I was like, this is just for like, for fun. Like they're just doing this. And I thought that was insane. Um, <laughs> but I love this match. I love these two tag teams. I think these two teams were the epitome of tag team wrestling at the time you know it may not they may have still been climbing in a sense at the time but i this is what i was watching tag team wrestling for to see the hardys wrestle see the dudley boys wrestle and then eventually edge and christian get into the mix um that go into the tlc matches but uh really enjoyed this match really loved it um loved both these teams and real quick just want to say i like this stipulation the t- tag team tables match where they have to go through consecutively in order to lose. The teammates have to go through a table consecutively. I feel like in recent tag tables matches, they don't do that. It's just first one through and it's over. And it's kind yeah. of like um, it makes the matches quick and you know you only see one table destroyed. It kind of like takes away. But this was good because you got to see multiple tables destroyed. And mm-hmm. the match kept going. So uh, let's start with Pilch this time. Pilch, what do you got for uh, tag team tables? All right. So I have a lot to say about this particular match. Um, first of which is the John Rocker shot. So <laughs> this was 2000, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken, Lauren, you might be able to bring me back. Is this when the Braves beat the Yankees to win the World Series? Okay, so let's let's slow down there because the Braves never beat the Yankees to win the World Series. Um, but this was the the John Rocker stuff was uh, was around the time for Braves versus Mets. The year two thousand is when the Mets played the Yankees in the Subway World Series. Um, so I want the Mets beat the Braves in the the National League Championship Series, and that's when John Rocker made his comments about the subway, and I think somebody threw a battery at him or whatever the case. But um, yeah, and this is this is the Dully Boys going for the cheap heat from the crowd. 
yeah. um, right. which they are so, so good at. Mm-hmm. But which, I'll which, you which words before I get to my point. You know, I do want to remind you, this is my segment, even though I asked you a question. Yeah, so. I'm letting you finish your points before I get to my, before I get to my points. Uh, I actually do have another question for you, however. Okay. Is, yeah. um, I know you're the wrestling historian of the group, so Slightly. could you please explain to the audience how Terry R- Runnels or Terry Rhodes, whatever you want to call her, got in with the Hardy Boys at this point? All right. I was also so, curious about this because I don't remember her being with the Hardy Boys. Okay. So I want to say, I want to say the ladder match with Edge and Christian and the Hardys before this match with the tables, the in the ladder was a contract for Terry Reynolds services. And the Hardys won the match and won Terry Reynolds' services. Interesting. That was it? Yes. No, that sucks. I thought it would be a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) It was. She she offered her services. I don't remember if there were more matches that, like, led to, like, this. But it was, I want to say it became between the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Um, and we can effort it and correct it if we need to on our next uh, pre-show, but that's that's what I remember. Sure. Sounds good after that. All right. Well, so all right. Any I thought, more thoughts? I thought. Much? Well, I haven't even gotten into my thoughts yet. Can I start? No. Please. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I liked the match a lot. I thought it was great. Um. I'm going to start with the things I thought were good, which were I thought they used a lot of the outside elements very well. I liked the Dudley boys put the one table on the two sets of stairs, drove Matt through it. I thought that was awesome. I thought the uh, Bubba Ray through the table where like Jeff came out of nowhere was great. So I will say that uh, I think Bubba Ray Dudley was concussed the entire match. Oh, yeah, because um, I, I think there was about over under 22 chair shots to the head in this match, which is just way, way, way too many. Everyone that hit, I just like completely cringed every time. I, one of my notes is there's way too many headshots. Um, <laughs> I too many headshots, way too many. It was like every other, like every five minutes, it was like, I'm going to just hit this guy in the head with a chair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys also think that the fans were too close in this match? I I thought they were. I, you know, you have, you have the ramp and then they did that big spot where they hit Bubba in the head with the chair which has kind of been, you know, the thing here in this match. He falls back through the two tables, and all the fans are just, like, right there before the big end. And it, to me, like, I'm glad it went off without a hitch, obviously, but all I could think of was, like, some idiot's going to, like, chuck a beer in Jeff Hardy's face. He's going to slip and die. I was like, this is where we see the Hardy boys. They're just dead. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but 
you know, still love the match. I'd, you know, give it two thumbs up. It was great. But, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay. So, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Warren, hold on. Warren, hold on. Hold on. <sighs> okay. Warren, please yes. compose yourself. I'm trying. Okay. Filch? Yeah. I don't want you to freak out. But that yeah. whole time you were talking, we couldn't understand a damn thing you were saying. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Pilch, Pilch actually hates Tom Hanks. I hate Tom oh, Hanks. Oh, we'll talk about that another time because what? But anyway, Chris, have you seen the movie Forrest Gump? I know exactly what you're talking about when he goes to give the speech and then they unplug. He's giving the speech on Vietnam and you can't hear him because the the mic gets unplugged or something. And then once he was finishing, and that's all I have to say about that, is when you heard him again. And that's exactly what you just did. That's exactly what just happened. Wait, (sighs) so can you hear me now? Now we can hear Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, then, you know, my segment was flawless. It doesn't really matter. So let's continue. I'm hoping that like when we hear your individual audio, it'll be fine and then we won't even have to. I mean, it looks fine on my end, so right. It looks fine. It doesn't look like it messed up, but we couldn't understand anything you said. Well just know know that I won this segment and it doesn't matter what Warren says. Okay. That's fine. We we still just have to get to get to my points. All right. Warren, what are your points on this match? Okay, so I'm such a huge fan of the Dudleys. Um, it was nice the, to see the nasty them. Boys. Not the nasty boys. Uh, it was nice to see them get a bit of a homecoming here, coming to New York City. Um, ECW played New York City constantly, uh, so the fans knew who they were. They played um, in Philadelphia. Slight stuttering Bubba Ray at the beginning of their promo before they got into their John Rocker talk, which is classic Bubba Ray. Um, I too like Pilch just, I can't do the chair headshots like I used to be able to do. I just cringe. They're so unnecessary and you don't, you just don't, I, I know some people would say, "Oh, they always do the little, the little chair to the gut and chair to back thing," but the the point of using the chair still comes across. And I don't think anybody cares now that all the shots are now to the stomach and to the back. Um, but hair shots, I just can't. It's just too, it's too much, and there's no protection on their head. I mean, there nobody's even getting a hand up; they're just taking it. And I can't just with all the information that we know now. Um, the combo leg drop splash that the Hardy Boys did to Bubba Ray on the table where Jeff came out of nowhere was an amazing spot. Um, there was a spot after that where Devon avoids two ta- uh, two dives through tables where the Hardys go through and miss Devon. Uh, the Hardys just had no fear with everything. Um, this match had the iconic Jeff Swanton bomb from the uh, from the balcony level, or not the balcony, the, from a ledge level. Uh, onto Bubble Ray through the table. Um, that's how the Hardy Boys ended up winning the match. And this was this 
table match was post the ladder match with Edge and Christian and pre the lad- the three-way ladder match at Mania 2000, which was the pre of TLC. This is early, early stages of, of what TLC would end up becoming. Um, so I liked the match. I liked this match a lot. Hardy Boys get the win. All right. Yeah, this, I mean, the it was spot after spot after spot, which I love. Um, that one where, uh, like you were saying, when Devon dodged the, the two dives from the chair through the tables, oh, that was crazy. Because, I mean, no one was expecting it, especially at that time. I don't think people have seen, had seen a match like this before. Um, and so that was just really exciting. Uh, and, yeah, the headshots, the, all the chair shots to the head. Poor Bubba. I mean, concussed minute one, <laughs> first spot. And then it, they just kept on coming, kept on coming. I think I even saw a couple of uh, receipts signed by Bubba for, for some headshots to the Hardy Boys. But, easily, uh, easily. Uh, yeah, real exciting match. I love to see these. I mean, I, I wrote down, fight forever. That was one of my notes for this match. Please fight forever. It's just, I can watch it, watch them go at it any day of the week. Um, and, oh, and uh, Devon took out a fan. Uh, he was knocked off of a ladder and fell into a, a kid in the front row. <laughs> Ooh, I, I missed that spot. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I, I also missed that. Are you sure that happened? Yeah, I yeah, I watched it. I saw it happen. As a kid, he was holding the sign. He got a little too close to the edge. Devon fell off the ladder, knocked into him, and he like ran away. Like oh, like fell into his whoever he was with. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, we can uh, let's ring the bell on this one. Um, oh boy. All right. All right. Oh, dinner time. <laughs> the the match we've all been waiting for. The, no, don't say all. I'm not lumped into this mess. The first and unfortunately last ever Miss Rumble contest. Um, this is you know from the. It, it was the time in in wrestling where. Women wrestling wasn't really wanted or needed by certain people in the industry, and they had all these female talents that they needed to do something with, and they would just put them in bikinis and strut them around the ring for a little bit. Uh, you know, this this match we have Classic King being a horn dog, you know, wanting to see some puppies, and uh, oh boy, did he get them! Uh, let's uh, let's go to. <laughs> We're gonna try Pilch again on this one. Pilch, how, how's your mic doing? <laughs> this is my. Uh, this may or may not be my favorite match of the evening. No, um, really interesting. You are not. You there's. You are not going to give this the the cream of the crop award. No, I'm not going to give the cream of the crop. I did enjoy okay. it though. Uh, so I will go through the judges. Uh, there was Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. There was some guy named Tony. I don't know Tony Gurria. Sure. Tony Gurria. Yeah. Uh, the Fabulous Moolah. Johnny mm-hmm. V. Classy Freddie John- Blassie. Johnny Valiant. Chastity Freddie Blassie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Legends. Then, uh, Andy Richter from the Conan O'Brien show. 
I was very shocked by that. Andy Richter. Where did he come from? I think Andy Richter was shocked by that. I don't know where he came from. But it was great. He didn't come out of he didn't get an entrance. He didn't he wasn't acknowledged until he was sitting at the table. So he was like he probably got lost thought, yeah. on his way to the Conan O'Brien show. So the uh Jerry the King Lauder had many great quotes throughout the evening. And I don't know who he said this to, and maybe you guys remember. But someone was coming out the entrance, and he said, "Don't worry, these girls aren't your type. They aren't inflatable." Yeah. And I almost got <laughs> out of my chair when I heard that. I don't know who he said he, it to. He said it to Howard Finkel. He was talking to Howard Finkel because he was Howard taking Finkel. over the announcing duties, and not Howard Finkel. He said that's why he was taking over. Fantastic. Um, all right, so. I do have a story from my childhood to tell you guys about this match. Oh, which is why I, oh, here we go. <sighs> it's so ridiculous. So um, the contestants were Ivory, Terry, Jacqueline, BB, Luna, and uh, who I thought was going to be Sable, but turned out to be the cat, right? Yeah, I think Sable was out uh, by the, this time in 2000. Right. So BB... Uh, is from a small town in upstate New York. I asked Chris to name that small town in upstate New York. I is Oneida. It's Oneida, New York. Yes. No way, really. So BB's real name is Catherine Digman. Uh, she grew up with my uncle. They are cousins. Stop it. Stop it. And when I was ten years old, I received. On my birthday, a signed picture from BB with her autograph on it, which for any young man would be like exciting, right? Except this is someone like I'm sort of related to. <laughs> and it said like, I'm trying to remember the inscription. It was like, you know, hope you're doing well in life, like, love always, XOXO, like, I think your name at the time was Cat. It, it was like when she had, like, the EMT gimmick. Do you guys remember that at all? So I I had uh, my f- first note of this whole thing was who is BB? Yeah. And I had pause. <laughs> I had to pause the, the, the pay-per-view and go to the Google machine and figure out who BB was. Um, so I don't necessarily remember the EMT gimmick. I vaguely remember he- hearing about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I-, I had no clue uh, uh, who this person was. So he- here's another thing is BB or Cat, as she was called before, was married to Hardcore Holly. At one point. Oh. Probably around the time of the pay-per-view, believe it or not. Interesting. And my uncle was at the wedding and has pictures of him in Hardcore Holly, which I vividly remember when I was like 10 years old. Being related to Hardcore Holly gets a point. Interesting. Do you have his contact information? Hardcore Hollies or my uncle? Hardcore Hollies. Or would your no. uncle have 
Hardcore Holly's contact information. No, because I, I, I was told when I was like 15 or 16 that it was a pretty messy divorce. So I don't think uh, they keep in contact any longer. That's unfortunate. Has Hardcore Holly ever gave you a knife edge job? N- no, never. I've never met him. <laughs> never. No. I, I wish I had. Um, so, you know, a really long way to get around this is this segment made me very uncomfortable (laughs) because (laughs) you know I'm sort of related to one of the contestants in this segment Mm -hmm. there you go and actually I have uh, as I do my notes I don't know if you guys have ever seen this but like I write like you know the number which the match comes in and then you know I put my notes underneath it the only note I have here is just I drew a shocked face. That was it. <laughs> uh, let's uh, bounce it over to Warren. Warren, what do you got? So since I am uh, majority ruled on speaking about this match, I um I have to bring up my notes. So, like I said, the first thing I wrote down was who's BB, and I had to figure out who this lady was. Um, You're welcome, I told and, you. You know, and I, now you know. Now that we put two and two together, I didn't necessarily have the um, relationship with anybody in this match like you did, Pilch. Um, but it also made me very uncomfortable because I just didn't need to see this on the pay per view. Um, and why her? Why was her name Barbara Bush? Because I would be more inclined to think about the the former first lady Barbara Bush. Yeah, right. I think that's why her name isn't Barbara Bush, and it's BB at this point. But, but they referred to her as Barbara Bush, though, as well. I, I honestly have no idea. I think <laughs> I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. Let's not speculate. Um, Second note um, is I didn't think Luna Vachon could walk in heels. (laughs) And she she did not have just a strutting on down. Um, Third, third note. uh, The King was marking out for his, I think, real life partner at the time, the cat. Um, he was just way too into it. Then we get down, you know, Dale reveal the bathing suits and they are just, you know, it's more revealing with the next. Um, I always love how Ivory plays it to where she wore down somebody's uh, zip up fleece shirt and had her bathing suit on underneath. Um, Jacqueline was all about it. Cat is always about it. Where her third stinking oh, bubble sure. right um, but then we get a run in from May Young, and this is where I had to put a stop to it. And I wrote in caps <laughs> too many notes on this segment, and I just had to move on to the rest of the May review. Um, there was a boob slip by May Young here. Oh, uh, it wasn't a slip. That was it. Purpose. Was not a slip. Yeah, it was not a slip on purpose. <laughs> That, um, was, that was May Young in her. Oh, in my moment of glory. There it is. Oh, no, that was that was her moment of glory. By all means, cream of the crop uh, for sure. 
No. Cream of the crop. No, please don't do that. That that's the joke there. Awards the bikini. Man. No, that put me justifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Yeah, it's just not what I wanted to see. Oh, uh, boy. Um, so uh, the quicker we can move on from this segment would be okay. best. Well, well, I will say uh, real quick, my notes for this was uh, I, I wrote Luna Vachon with question marks. Like I didn't realize, I did not remember she was there and she was not happy. Uh, I wrote Ivory is better than this. Um, Ivory, legit wrestling you know, uh, proficiency and reduced to just being in a bikini match. I, I, you know, I know she was selling the the disgust and the disdain of having to do that, but some of that might have been real. Some of that might have been shoot. Uh, oh, oh, sure, I'm sure it was. Oh, and uh, and then I said, <laughs> "Oh boy," I wrote, "Oh boy, here comes May Young," <laughs> and the the memories of May Young. <laughs> flashing the crowd and you know they censor it on the wwe network because you know he got he got kids watching the wwe network all the time the cheering back in back in the old year of our lord 2000 uh this this was not censored on pay-per-view and me a our lord it's like a saying it's like 23 skidoo it's just like a thing people say huh Okay. Anywho, uh, who said twenty three to do? Don't worry about no it. Anywho, so <laughs> back uh, in the year two thousand, I was what thirteen uh, at the time. I want to say, and I mean, dare I say these are like the first like boobs I've really seen, like outside of I don't know where. And uh, to make matters even worse, I had to watch this with my two brothers and my father. So <laughs> it was just a real, real fun time that uh, pay-per-view thing. I think for you, it also... Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Unjustifiable position. Uh no, this just uh, it's so good. It was just too there was too much of everything in this match. It was it was just too much. It's not a match. Meg Young is the personification of too much. <laughs> throughout the we never saw May Young uh, in her prime, oh, never. No, her prime. Yeah, that's because we're, we're not ninety years old. Of course we did. Yeah, we didn't. No, her prime was like seventeen seventy six. Um, <laughs> so we never saw it. Oh, the only recollection we have of May Young is what she did in the Attitude Era, and all the stuff outside of this was great in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Well, this and the the birth of the hand. Oh God, that I'm sure that wasn't that far away from this. Oh no, when she's when she's uh, when she whips it out to cover her up. So they were were definitely a thing then. Um, so I'm sure that it was it was not too long after this where she became pregnant at I don't know 206 and gave birth to a hand. The stuff that Vince finds funny. Okay, we're ringing it. 
Okay. Next matchup oh, on the card. Uh, we have a triple threat intercontinental title match between Hardcore Hardcore Holly and co-champions Chris Jericho and China. Um, this match, uh, I will say this: I love Hardcore Holly. I mean, I loved this gimmick for Hardcore Holly. Uh, just a just a guy who likes to go out and beat people up, and just a real hard nose kind of. I'm gonna punch you in the mouth so I can get out of here, kind of guy. Um, and Chris Jericho always delivers, gets a big pop when he comes out, gives a, a nice little promo on his way into the ring. Um, how uh, MSG will never ever be the same again. Um, you know, again. just again, uh, <laughs> just real good stuff. China, dare I say, doesn't look that bad in this match. Um, I know last last episode we we reviewed, uh, or was it the WrestleMania? It was WrestleMania X Seven where China had her match yeah. against against uh, Ivory, and you know she had she had. Uh, very visible ring rust, but this, you know, did she seem out of place? Yes, but not that bad. Uh, let's throw it to let's throw it to Warren. Warren, what do you got on this match? So you you covered uh, two two of the things that I had. Um, definitely the Jericho uh, ever and again thing was always a. a that always hit the spot with me. Um, China did feel out of place, but she also, I don't know if it was the in-ring stuff. I don't know if it was just her looks, but she looked so much more, I don't want to say more normal, but like. I think by the time we got to WrestleMania X7, she looked a lot different. Right. And it wasn't here. It wasn't as uh, a potent of a look, I guess. Mm. Um, Hardcore Holly. I, lo- I always liked Hardcore Holly. I liked his super heavyweight gimmick where he was allegedly over 400 pounds. Him and Crash Holly. Oh, yeah. uh, that, was always, that was always that always gave me a chuckle. But he is going to hit you in the ring, whether it was. Oh, yeah. uh working punches whether they were shoot punches his stuff always looked stiff and um there was no you weren't going to be able to tell whether it was working or shooting it would it just looked as hard as it as it should have looked actually one of my notes is uh hardcore holly delivers a drop kick uh to chris jericho and i wrote that's how a white man throws a drop kick because it was just so textbook and like technically sound just like hardcore holly was definitely underrated for his his technical prowess in the ring and in triple threat matches usually there's one person in there that's going to be the fall guy i thought it was going to be hardcore holly if we look back at wrestlemania x7 with the hardcore title match with kane and the Big Show and Raven, we obviously knew Raven was going to be the fall guy. I thought it was Hardcore Holly. Jericho pins uh, China after Reliance Salt uh, to find to 
unify or become the undisputed IC champ. Um, but I like the match as a whole. Um, and it, it, the right person here, uh, the right person was Chris Jericho to get the win. There you go. Pilch, what do you got on this uh, matchup? So I, I agree with Warren. I think the right person did win the match. I, I disagree with the both of you where I think that Hardcore Holly is a great, great wrestler, but I do think he was an afterthought in this match. I think this is a China versus Jericho match. Yeah, story-wise, story absolutely. Uh, the story is who's the real Intercontinental Champion between Jericho and China. Um, that's 100% the story. You know, you're absolutely right about that. He's he's only in this match to take the big hits from Jericho, in my opinion. Like the the dive over the top rope. Um, he takes a big bump from China at the end. I, I actually thought China looked really good in this match. I thought she kind of came over as a legitimate competitor, competitor in the men's singles division. Um, she hit, was it Jericho or Holly with the pedigree for a two count? I think it was Holly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Holly too. And, uh, you know, she, the execution was flawless on that. Um, you know, Jericho won. He was the right guy to win in my opinion. I think this was in the Vince Berry's Jericho age. Unfortunately, like he buries anyone that comes from WCW. This must be in the epitome of the Vince Russo goes to WCW and ruins it. So, <laughs> you know, other than that, I don't have a lot to say. I actually didn't think I would like this match, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, China took good. a few big bumps here, and it was... I will say my one note on this match is that uh, Jerry the King Lawler was still reeling from the... May Young exposure. Like there's a few <laughs> shots on his face where he, his like mouth is still like gaping open. He's like, oh, I can't believe what I just saw. Well, it's, it's so, let me tell this, you, it's hard to recover from a site like that. It, th- this seemed to me like a, it's a cooler match, right? You know, even though it's for a championship title, which should be very prestigious, it seemed like, we just got off of a segment that was so ridiculous that we need to cool down. And you I, need a cool down you know, from the cool down? Yeah, I, I, I definitely... The segment... Cool down from what hap- the segment that just happened, which <laughs> sucks because it's a, it's, an, it's a title match, but like it's it's a cool down match. It really... like out, it, it honestly is. Outside of the, of the May Young... Um, Boob exposure. Uh, the rest of the segment was a hundred percent a cool down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, but I, it was, I, it was down to get you know, Now this is a title match with Jericho with China, um, who their their storyline was one of the prominent ones on the show. Um, Hardcore Holly is always good in the ring. Maybe not so much on the mic, but always good in the ring. So this was definitely an up. Match, I thought I would never, I wouldn't think that this was a cool down. I think it's a cool down. I, I do want to say though that 
Um, after the match was over, Jericho got the win. Uh, they did the promo with The Rock where he, you know, guaranteed that he was going to be the Royal Rumble champion, right? Yes. And uh-huh. uh, I did like the fact that he told Michael Cole to drink a tall glass of shut up juice. Which <laughs> That was really funny. That was really funny. The other thing that I liked about that promo was, well, first, hold on. I'm going to... We're gonna ring the bell, but uh, that promo with The Rock when he they were asking him how he felt he was gonna do in the uh, Royal Rumble match, he said, "Well, there's only two people that I need to worry about if I think I'm gonna win, yes. and that's Mosh from the Headbangers and Crash Holly. And if I can get past them, I think I got a real shot." And that really cracked me up. <laughs> Thinking the two, just like what these like garbage people. <laughs> Oh, just that was really funny. And then I think like only get past Crash Holly, he'll be good. Yeah. And then I was cracking up from that. And then he told Michael Cole to drink the shut up juice. Love messing with Michael Cole. Oh God. It's so good. The, The Rock in the year 2000 could say whatever he wanted. Uh (laughs) <laughs> it's not how The Rock would come back today, um, and he has his catchphrases that he's got to get in right. um, and gets him in just fine. Right. But here, he's he's still trying to figure. out. He's got a few of them, but he can just he's literally saying whatever he wants, and it's getting over, and the crowds with it, and the crowds <laughs> change, and it's it's just everything is working. This is his time to shine. Uh, in the WWF here in the year 2000. All right. Next match is for the tag team championships. We got the new age outlaws versus the acolytes. Uh, I really, I, I like this match um, a little short. Uh, this one, uh, this is definitely, I'm going to say this is uh, going to be right. Bananas for me. Uh, one, if you would. Oh, I will. Don't buy any unripe bananas yet. Cause you won't live to eat them. Yeah. It um you know I mean it it is what it is tag team t- championship match acolytes come out and they're just they're looking to fight um you know new age outlaws do their best to to try and not get close to them but oh boy they're just Farouk is just so so big Bradshaw is just so big so strong uh Farouk had a, a monster spine buster on uh the old road dog and. I will say this about your boy, Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn. Uh, no one sells a clothesline like Billy Gunn. The the the, the little tilt-a-whirl that he does with it. Actually, uh, a big man who does that really well is Rikishi, but we didn't see mm. it in favor. But Billy Gunn, oh boy, does he love doing that. Look. I think he got hit a couple times doing a little tilt-a-whirl uh, clothesline. But um, uh, Pilch, Pilch, what do you got for... Uh, Tag team championships. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> well, your ass better call somebody. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> this this match was uh okay. <laughs> it was probably the worst match of the evening. Um, worst match of the evening. Interesting take. You weren't a fan of the uh, Acolytes and Outlaws. I, I mean, I do love the New Age Outlaws. Don't get me wrong. 
but uh, you know, the fact that we needed X Pac to come out and then just get murdered to <laughs> lead to a out. Billy Gunn famous her, just man, like you know, I I like the New Age Outlaws, and I also like APA or the Acolytes or whatever they're going by at this point. They were still, but just I don't the think Acolyte. you need outside. You don't need outside shenanigans to make this a good match. Like it could have been a good match. I agree. Besides I that, agree. and I think that's where, like, okay, so I said that the Jericho IC title match with China and Hardy Raleigh was a cool down. This was another cool down. Another cool down. This, this one was a hundred cool down. Cool down. Double cool down. Three, three cool downs in a row. Coach is saying. No, no, no. It's two. Down. The, the, the mid Royal Rumble was was super hot, so it needed two cool towns afterwards. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, but man. yeah, no, this is this is also my lame bananas or ripe bananas or whatever the bananas are. There you go. It's my right banana right. match. Yeah. Right. Uh, Warren, Warren, got any notes? Um. So yeah, it's 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 across the board. This is definitely the right bananas match of the evening. Um, I was only able to get three notes out of this whole thing. Uh, I do love both teams. Let's just start there. Acolytes, New Age Outlaws, always a fan of both of them. Uh, the acolytes waste no time getting to the action. They just get right into the into the beating. And then uh, they do the usual stuff, and then I get oh, there's an X Pac run in, and then I see the I watch the run in play out, and then I go, Welp, <laughs> there it goes. That was the end of the match. <laughs> New Age Outlaws are new tag team champions. Yeah, it was a quick one. I also uh, the first my first note was ref loses control quickly because it was just they were all over the place at the beginning of the match. There was immediately, no, immediately. Yeah, you, there was no, hey, you're not the legal man. It was just acolytes were just going to do whatever they wanted. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's uh, that was Bell rings, ref front rolls under the mat. The uh, mat it's ridiculous. Right. Now it's dinner time. Uh, here we are, sixth, sixth match of the card. We have the street fight for the WWF championship. Uh, Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Let me just say the package. For this match, whoa boy, was it good! I really enjoyed the the lead up and watching, you know, how this match came to be. I really loved the vignette. Um, it was really good. Um, my one one bugaboo about this uh, story is that Triple H in facing and defeating mankind, and then firing. Mankind or Mick Foley, um, you know, no fear whatsoever. It's this guy in a dumb leather mask. Okay. But then they make them, you know, him and Stephanie reinstate him. He comes back. Mick challenges Triple H to the street fight and says, I don't think I, Mankind or Mick Foley, can beat you in a street fight, but I know someone who can. And then he just takes off the mask and says, I'm Cactus Jack now. And then Triple H seems like he just seen a ghost. Like it's a completely different person. Same guy. It, Same guy. It is He's a different wearing... person. 
I mean, I understand it's a different person, but like, I just thought that was really funny. Like, oh, like you're not afraid of the guy in the mask, but you're just like, this guy just says, I'm Cactus Jack now. And now he's like, oh no, what do I do? And I just thought that was really funny. But uh, <laughs> Mental know. health is funny, Chris. <laughs> so, I mean, but really liked the package. And then when this match started, oh boy, I, I loved it top to bottom. Um, it was great. I, uh, I, I have a couple notes, uh, stop taking the timekeeper's chair is my first note. I think this is the, this was out of all the matches. I think the timekeeper got his chair stolen like 20 times that they kept. That's where they always got their chairs from. And this poor timekeeper, all he wants to do is sit down <laughs> and night when he gets his chair back. They take it again. Uh, and then there was a chair shot from triple H to uh, mankind, and I just wrote Jesus because <laughs> right on the dome, uh, and I just like there was nothing else that I could say to sum this chair shot up. It was real. It sounded gross. It looked gross. It just jeez. Um, <laughs> I really thought it was funny when uh, uh, mankind does a suplex to Triple H onto the. The wooden pallets and JR goes Triple H doesn't know about no pallets and it's like <laughs> he's a guy from Greenwich Connecticut he's supposed to be like kind of uppity doesn't know about pallets uh, I don't know I thought that was really funny um, wait who, who, who suplexed him out of the pallets Cactus Jack suplexes okay. Triple H onto these wooden pallets that were lining the entrance way and uh, yeah JR just goes Triple H doesn't know about no pallets <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, oh, no, a really, really fun and exciting match. Uh, Triple H ends up uh, retaining his title. Uh, I'll throw it over to you guys. Uh, let's go to Warren. Warren, what do you got on the street fight? Um, So I am giving this match my the cream of the crop award for the match of the night. I like, uh, I like it. This. um. This match was a far cry from just a year ago when Triple H and DX helped Mankind beat The Rock to win the world title on Raw, um, which was the episode of Raw that switched the WCW Nitro dominance of the Monday Night Wars. Um, I... Warren. That was the yeah. Tony Schiavone, right? They uh, made Tony that, Schiavone. Yeah. So that is when, so Nitro that night was live. Raw was taped. Right. Tony Schiavone. I mean, I'm saying Tony Schiavone because he was the one who read it on air. But you know, they they yeah, came I up mean, with the they came up with the idea to to uh, give away the match and they did it with other matches too, but to give away the match saying uh, that Mick Foley was going to win the title and his quote was that'll put butts in seats. But what it did, it backfired and people actually turned over to watch the match. And it was Mick Foley against the, the, the heat corporation with the rock corporate champion rock. DX has come out there to help. Austin does a run in and hits Rock with a chair. Big, huge moment. Celebration. Mrs. Foley's baby boy from uh, Michael Cole on commentary. And uh, that's what 
what steered the ship back to where Raw was back to winning winning the uh, the ratings war for Monday Night Raw. Um, I was not a huge fan of Cactus Jack in the WWF. Only because the Cactus Jack that I knew of, um, not so much WCW, but what he did over Japan with his death matches. And I knew that he wasn't going to do uh, that full-fledged kind of stuff. So if I had to rank the Foley personas in the WWF, it would be Mankind 1, it would be Dude Love 2, and it would be Cactus Jack number 3. And Chris, I am disappointed in you for the person of this podcast, the Triple R Podcast. You can follow us on IG at uh, Triple R Pod. The person on this podcast that is so much about K Faby, <laughs> where you couldn't figure out that if Cactus Jack had his button up shirt, or that if Mick Foley had his button up shirt and mask on, and he was mankind. And when he takes the mask off, he turns into Mick Foley, but then he took his shirt off and had a Cactus Jack shirt on, and then he turned into Cactus Jack. It was I three people. Right. I understand it. I'm saying I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm saying I thought it was funny. Like as an outsider looking in, like if somebody was watching this, like we didn't really do anything. He just took the mask off. But he's always he, like he, don't say he didn't do anything. He did everything. Do you remember the the sit-down interview that he did with Mankind was interviewing Dude Love, and then they introduced Cactus Jack, and they were all on screen at the same time? I don't remember that, no. I do remember. Oh, I remember God. I remember the rumble when he entered as all three of his personas, though. I remember that. Okay, so that, that uh, interview is the first time he debuted as Cactus Jack uh, in the WWF. And it was against Triple H. It was a hardcore match. Um, he ended up doing his little stump puller pile driver to Triple H. I think it was on top of a chair at the top of the rampway. Um, yeah, you'll uh, I'll I'll get you the link to that on on the WWE Network uh, and let you see that. It'll it'll jog your memory for sure. But getting back to the street fight. Um, I played the heck out of this Triple H theme on my CD, WWF Music Volume 4. I can vouch for that. Yes, you did. <laughs> I murdered this CD. I um, one of my notes is that Warren really likes this theme song. <laughs> yes, oh, 100%. Um, again, we get back to the headshots. And, of course, in a Mick Foley match, you're going to get chair headshots. But it's just it just doesn't play well now here in 2020. And I think we've covered that. with. We're going to end up covering that in every past pay-per-view that we cover here on the Triple R Podcast. Um, so I'm not going to really spend too much time on that. What I will spend a little time on, if you watched Attitude Era Wrestling, you saw the WWF security guard with the leather Kangol hat and who was jacked. I'm sure you saw. I don't know if I picked that one up. Oh, okay. So if you see any Attitude Era stuff and they go towards the crowd, you'll see this guy. I had to look it up because I wanted to bring it up on the pod. His name's Jim Dotson. He was there from 1995 until about 2001. Uh, he was the head of protective services. It was his label. 
Um, Vince wanted him to be a wrestler, but he had no interest. He just wanted to to be uh, security, and he did that. Um, it would not be a Cactus Jack match uh, without some kind of barbed wire. So that got introduced. And I didn't notice this at the time of when it happened in 2000, but I noticed it here. I was I mean, I was probably asleep back in 2000. I think, when probably, I think you slept through this one. I think I slept through this one. But there was a little bit of a bait and switch uh, with the barbed wire two by four. Yeah. If you didn't notice. Yeah, there was. They, <laughs> they use one and you see the barbed wire kind of being worn or te- almost tearing off of the, the, off the two by four, and they, for whatever reason, let's put it under the Spanish announce table. I say, okay, I'm not thinking nothing of it. They just want to hide it. And Catch's check goes to look for it. Where's the They go find it under the, the Spanish announce table, and magically, the barbed wire is fixed. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's like a pen and teller magic trick. Well, I'm sure uh, the second one was gimmicked in some way because that was oh, one of the because ones that, that hit uh, Hunter in the head oh, and busted. No, I, I I totally got it. I understand why they did it. A hundred percent. I just, it was just something I noticed and didn't notice before. Um, Earl Hebner, the referee in this match, uh, took his usual squash bump in the corner, but I felt like he didn't sell it at all. And he was up rather quickly back to referee duties. Um, we had the one with uh, Mike Kyoto on WrestleMania X7. Like he's probably still laying in the middle of the ring from that bump. He was down the entire Triple H and Undertaker match. He was just down. Um, I love the spump bullet pile driver here in the Spanish announce table, which did not give it all. Uh, the pedigree on the tax was a wild spot, and it weird that Triple H won but got carted out. Uh, before Cactus Deck brought him back and hit him with some more barbed wire shots. Um, definitely matches a night. A uh, ton of stuff to, to go through and talk about there. Um, but yeah, that's that's that for that. All right, Pilch. Pilch, what do you got to follow? <clears throat> well, I mean, kind of covered it all. Oh, oh, I did. Is there anything that you want to add to the conversation? Anything that stuck out to you? Anything uh, that was just interesting to you? Uh, yeah, I have a few things. Uh, first of all, where was DX in this entire brawl? Just watching Ooh. Hunter just get destroyed. They're all there. We've seen them all at this point. In well, Xbox was still recovering from that spine buster he took. Yeah, maybe. Um, I thought they may have taken the street fight theme a little too literal because the entranceway, like they did a very good job making it look like an alleyway, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like mm-hmm. trash cans and then like Hunter goes into the bricks and it's like, oh man, they're actually fighting the streets. It's not really the streets, just a entranceway. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything, anything um, else? Yeah. That rock chair shot came out of nowhere. I don't know if you oh, guys. Oh yeah. Oh yes, I did. I forgot to write that down. I wrote that down. I said, wrote the rock out of nowhere. It was crazy. I did was not expecting that. Like he, and, but yeah. he didn't really add anything to the match and didn't really take anything. No. It just like it happened and then it was over. And it's like, I don't know. It just you. They could have kept wrestling and like that not happening and it wouldn't have changed anything. 
Right. I completely agree. Um, Well, I agree and disagree, right? Because, like, that was what led to the handcuffs coming off, and it... I think that put Triple H over a little bit more, the fact that he got the pin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just a weird, weird, weird spot to have in it. Um, It was. um, I, I, I didn't like the fact that you know, once the match was over, we have Cactus Jack dumping Triple H out on the stretcher, and he's still got the thumbtacks in his face. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a great match. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Warren covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point minutes. out, uh, I wrote down one of my notes was, how much did those thumbtacks cost? Because it was a lot of thumbtacks. Does anybody know the, like, running cost for a thumbtack nowadays? It's like, Ten cents a thumbtack, but they're not expensive. Thumbtack, okay, interesting. Uh, I also wrote down Triple H is losing a lot of blood. Uh, this is actually the match where uh, that suplex onto the wooden pallets punctured uh, Triple H's calf. And he, uh, in interviews, he, he would talk about this match and how his boot was just filled with blood like every step it was just squish 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 because there's just so much blood in his uh boot because his calf is just pouring his calf blood is just pouring down into a shoe the entire match um and uh the pedigree on the thumbtacks i mean that was that was insane that was so crazy and then seeing Mick roll over with the thumbtacks like right above his eye like he he would have took that bump and he you know, wrong way, you know, a little bit more, you know, rotate his head a little bit more one way or the other. I mean, a thumbtack could have just went into his eye and, you know, he would have been the one-eyed Mick Foley. I will say, like, my, my closing thought on this is I think uh, Mick Foley is known for taking, like, the giant bumps and, like, the most punishment in all these matches, right? Mm-hmm. I think Hunter took just as much punishment, if not more, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in this match. Oh yeah, absolutely. He did. He, he, I mean, he's no, um, you know, he didn't take the easy way out on this. I mean, he took, he took the bumps that he wanted. He might've been a little bit more or tried to uh, protect himself a little bit more than, than Mick does. I think Mick is more of in the mindset of he's going to do whatever he needs to do to his body to entertain the fans. And Triple H is like, how do we do this in the safest way possible? Um, But I don't want that to take away from what he did. And, you know, he's still, you know, put his body out there on the line for us and you know we appreciate it uh so let's ring the bell on that one and uh now we'll go into the seventh match of the card which is the royal rumble match um we got d'lo brown and grandmaster sex a drawing number one and two <laughs> this match at all. uh i also my next note after that, I wrote down number one, D'Lo Brown, number two, Grandmaster Sex A. My third note is, uh, is this the mid-card Royal Rumble? Because it was just a lot of just, a lot of mid-cards for a very long time. And uh, usually, Royal Rumble, you know, they do the countdown. You know, you count down from 10, the buzzer goes off, music hits, and, you know, there's there's some sort of cheering. But I felt like the crowd was very quiet during this Royal Rumble match, and I think it was deserved because a lot of the early names coming out. It's, it was D. Uh, actually, I I pulled up the um, 
order that they came out. We got D'Lo Brown. Don't even Grant, bother, Chris. I got it all written down. You got it all written down. But then you have Josh, early Christian. You know, he really didn't have his, his steam yet. Right. And then Rikishi, which, you know, people lost their mind with Rikishi. And then Scotty Tuhati, Steve Blackman, Viscera. You know, like it was just a really weird rumble, I feel like. It was a lot of lot of mid cards that like weren't like you weren't really excited to see. I don't know. Um but yeah, let's uh Pilch, what do you got? I uh I actually love this Royal Rumble. I have a couple of questions for the two of you because this is during my blackout period where I don't didn't really watch wrestling. Are D'Lo Brown and Savio Vega, are they two different people? Yes. Are you sure? Positive. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. Okay. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> is that your only note? Uh, no, I have I have three pages of notes actually, but okay. I won't go through all them all. Uh, let's see, what's next? Uh, who's Steve Blackman? Steve Blackman is the lethal weapon. Yeah, he's... no, I know that, but like outside of that, uh, he's a martial arts guy. Uh in uh in real life um and he came in and was a uh, you know a bit of a professional wrestler um a bail bondsman yes he was also a bail bondsman <laughs> imagine getting arrested by steve blackman <laughs> and then being a wrestling fan <laughs> i'm surprised he never got into at least to my, in my research he never really got into mma no i don't think he did I'm surprised about that. Okay, I'm going to continue my questions. Um, <laughs> the big boss man, he's still around? So he had, he had just came back in the Attitude Era. Um, the big boss man we remember from, from our younger days of childhood left and went to WCW and went through maybe four or five different gimmicks. But then in... The height of the Austin McMahon uh, feud, he came back to WWE in phenomenal shape, might I add. Um, and was just the big boss man wearing the the, uh, the tactical gear, which is probably my my favorite version of the big boss yeah, man. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that too. I love this version of big boss man. Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, golden age, big boss man, you know, coming out and doing some hard time. And he twirl his little nightstick all over. And I wondered how much did he have to practice with twirling that thing? Cause he was really good at it and he would flip that thing and flip it. But there was no, this, uh, attitude area, uh, attitude era boss, man, there was no twirling. It was just, he came out and he was just going to get the job done. Uh, but okay. I really liked the, uh, the mind games of him, you know, he'd get on the apron and he hopped down. He's like, I'm not getting in the ring yet. I really enjoyed that, too. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it changed the the entire Royal Rumble. He also eliminated Farouk and China. And I think he might have lasted the longest. If not the longest, he was he was up there. He was close. He had he was at uh, 22 minutes. Um, hold on. Who's this? How long did Savio Vega last? 
Savio Vega was not in the match. Yeah, D'Lo Brown lasted uh, six minutes. Well, that can't be right. This says oh, Gangrel lasted. Gangrel lasted twenty three minutes. Well, Gangrel was in there forever. Yeah, he came was in twelfth and was eliminated eighteenth by the Big Show. So that makes sense. Oh, wow, I guess he was in there for a long. Uh, everybody's okay. favorite test was in there longest at twenty six minutes. Yeah. Like yeah, he was eliminated seventeenth, also by the Big Show. Yeah, I'm gonna continue going through my questions. Uh, let's see, why is the British Bulldog wearing jeans? Oh, yeah. So, okay, so the British Bulldog left the WWF, went to uh, WCW for a stretch. Uh, did he go to WCW for a stretch? Yeah, yeah. WCW after this? No, no, no. He went. To, he was in WCW and came back, and then was wearing. Jeans. Yeah, when he came back, I don't know why he w- came back. He was always in jeans. Yeah. Um, you know, just different, different, uh, different look for him. I guess this was after the whole because Brett's gone by this point, and you know, this is after the whole Heart Foundation thing, where he, so was, gone, he was still in Owens and Brett's gone. The Owen incident happened. Yeah. Nine Heart not in the picture. Yeah, um, Pillman's dead. Pillman's gone, um, so yeah, he's, he's just kind of by himself and and wearing jeans and boots. Yeah, with his sock showing. Yeah, with his, right. with his jeans tucked into a socks, which is really weird. Fair enough. Uh, who, who is in the posse? The Mean Street Posse. These were so two of them are legitimate best friends with Shane McMahon. The Mean Street Posse was Shane McMahon, uh, Pete Gass. Uh, oh, why am I drawing a blank on the other guy? Hold on, Mean Street. There's Pete Gass, Joey Abs. I can't remember the short blonde-haired guy. Well, Chris efforts that. But the two of them were legitimate fa- oh, friends with Shane. The other guy, Joey Abs, the bigger guy, was a, a just a wrestler that they threw in there. Um, and they uh, they were around in the attitude era doing matches and, and hmm. getting stuff done. How about that? Um, all right, so His name the- is Rodney. That's who you're looking for. Yeah, Rodney, yeah, Joey Abs. Yeah, Joey Abs was the only one that was not legitimately uh, a real life friend of Shane. The other two guys were. So I have a few more notes. Uh, the first one being uh, the group uh, Hentai or Kayentai Kai or whatever they're called. Hentai, <laughs> Kayentai. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jerry the King kept calling them Chinese, even though they're Japanese. I thought that was a pretty good running gag. That's the King. Uh, and then I have a few more King quotes. So when uh, the Road Dog eliminated the British Bulldog, he called it doggy style, which I thought was pretty hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, he talked about his backstage interview with Prince Albert. And uh, he asked him about his like ear piercings, and he he said he told me that piercing didn't hurt, but that he had one that did. You know, Prince Albert, yada yada yada. Yeah. Oh yeah, we don't need to get into that. Right. And then uh, he also said that he asked Hardcore Holly why he couldn't afford a full size cousin, which I thought was pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, the, the Crash Holly slander. And then uh, outside of that, I mean, you know, I, I thought it was a very good Royal Rumble. I think um, there's a lot of filler in it. I like the fact that, you know, Billy Gunn eliminated the Road Dog, Rikishi eliminated the other two members of Too Cool, Too cool. and then they did the dance, and then he eliminated them and they did more dancing. Um, Rikishi's the star of this Royal Rumble, in my opinion. I know he didn't win it, but he put the sunglasses on, did the dance twice, and uh, was the most dominant member, eliminating seven people to the Rock and Big Show's four. And then I think the next one was Kane, who eliminated three. Everyone else is two or less. Yeah. Uh, It was a great match. I don't know. That's all I got. All right, uh, Warren, what do you what do you have on this Rumble matchup? So this, I, I agree with you guys. This was a very good Rumble. The, did it did lack a bit of the star power that you would see in uh, uh, future Royal Rumbles, but it was still a good Rumble nonetheless. Um, my first note was, what is Headbanger Mosh wearing? Yeah, <laughs> the old. Uh. Uh, the, the yeah, fuzzy cone was a weird choice. So he had the mesh see-through shirt. He had the skirt and the leggings. All normal stuff for the headbangers to wear. But then he had these traffic fuzzy traffic cones on his chest. Um, that I just thought looked looked to get in the way of stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, at some point throughout the match, um, they were gone. And he got rid of them. Yeah. Um. It was crazy to think how over Too Cool and Rikishi were here, where they did their dance. And I, you know, as Pilch mentioned, Rikishi's dominance of this Royal Rumble was definitely uh, on display. My next question do, and I was speaking to myself. So I said, Self, do I prefer Viscera with the patent leather coat or shirtless? And I wasn't sure how I wanted to answer that. I don't know how he wrestled in that thing. I would be so hot, like in that patent leather coat, like uh, Big Daddy V with just the uh, the trunks, the, not the the trunks, but the, you know the pants with the shoulder straps and his yeah. old black boobies are hanging out. Yeah, yeah, Big Daddy V that I. I don't know which I I don't know which I'd prefer. I I might lean towards shirtless because the patent leather was just way too much. I mean, uh, it's been a million degrees in that thing. Oh yeah, oh 100 percent. I mean, um, he, was, he was in for what, like two and a half minutes. I mean, he's in. He's in for a minute twenty five. Twenty five. Okay, and then but even still, if like King Mabel, he would have been in for the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, King Mabel would have been in for a long time, but Viscera was in for just long enough. Yeah. Um Kai and Ty ran in on this Royal Rumble four times. And my question was why? Yeah, I'm not really sure. But Taka ended up getting concussed and having to go to the hospital. The, and, and, the, and they replayed it like a million well, times. The king always asking for replaying that, especially the two other times when Funaki comes out and they say, "Oh, let's see Taka's re- uh, elimination again." Let me see the guy, <sighs> guy get eliminated again, oh, he, like, and okay. he kept calling him that Chinese guy. Yeah, and then Jr. would be like, "No, they're Japanese." He's like, whatever. Like, let's show it yeah. again. 
Um, my favorite thing about Rumble in general were the surprise entrance, but this one only had one, which is Bob Backlund in, in some basketball shorts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prince I Albert. I love to see him throw a chicken wing on somebody, but that, that, that would be nice. Um, I know we mentioned Prince Albert before. Um, I was, I don't know if I, I don't know how to take his, uh, his singlet and his sweater uh, that he was wearing with all of his freaking body hair. Uh, didn't know how to deal with that. Um, and then the Mean Street Posse came out and got the acolytes, but uh, the acolytes got him and brought him to the back. Um, the ref or Xbox got over and got eliminated. The ref didn't see it, so he slid back in. And uh, I like the finish spot, um, with the uh, the rock and the big show where the rock held on to the ropes as the big show went over. Uh, so the Rock gets the win, and he's going to WrestleMania 2000 to face the WWF champion, whoever that may be. Right. Triple H. Well, yeah, it was Triple H. Um, well, yeah. So, yeah, that's the uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, Rock takes it at the end. Um, I don't know. I don't I think I have any more, uh, any more notes. Um so, uh, final thoughts on the pay per view as a whole. Uh, let's start with Pilch. What do you got? So, I I like this pay per view a lot. I thought there was a lot of great matches. I actually very much enjoyed the Pro Rumble. I think the year two thousand is very interesting because it's the people haven't decided they're out of the nineties yet, and you can see that with. Uh, most importantly, Grandmaster Sexay, because he's still got like the the big baggy jeans on. They're doing like the dance with like the you know neon colored glasses, and I I think it's just a fantastic time capsule of life back then. So I give it a thumbs up. All right, Warren, closing thoughts. Uh closing thoughts. It was a very good rumble. Um was a little disappointed with uh I didn't need the Miss Royal Miss Rumble two thousand segment. Um all the matches were were solid. Uh even the the tag title match that was really, really short. Um I wish the the Taz Kurt Angle match was longer, kinda like how I wish that the uh Kurt Angle Benoit match from X7 was a little better, but, uh, you know, top to bottom, I thought the pay-per-view was good. Um, I uh, I enjoyed it, and Royal Rumble was always one of my, my favorite pay-per-views to watch, uh, mostly for the Rumble match itself and the uh, shenanigans that can happen. Yeah, I really uh, I really like this, uh, this card. Um, I thought that... The the ta- actual tag team title match was a little bit of a letdown, but the non-title match, tag team match, the table match was amazing, and it kind of made up for it. Um, oh, the sh- street fight was great. Um, I thought both, uh, you know, Cactus Jack and Triple H did an amazing job in that. Um, even Taz in his debut in the WWE. 
F, um, you know, using such a controversial hold, you know, putting his career on the line, you know, uh, using the Taz mission um, before they even knew it was the Taz mission. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, the Rumble match was the Rumble match. It's, you know, 30, 30 men enter, only one's going to get that W, and The Rock ended up uh, walking away with it. Um, would I have liked to see more bigger names? Yeah, but, you know, the the times were the times, and that's the, the roster they had to work with, and they, they, they made it work. Um, no Austin. I don't know where Austin was at this point in time. Do you do you, does anybody remember where Austin was? I was actually going to ask you that question is where was Austin? This Okay, so if you remember, you know, Austin was battling neck issues after the the oh, that's right. driver from Owen Hart. Right. So at this point in 2000, it got to the point where Austin was going to need neck surgery and he goes to do the neck surgery with Dr. James Youngblood. Um but they wrote him off of TV for when he got ran over by the car. Rikishi. Oh, that by Rikishi. Okay. And yeah, in turn, it, it ends up being Rikishi. I don't remember if they knew that it was going to be Rikishi at the time. But it's interesting to see that this happened. Rikishi is over. He gets the dominance going in the rumble. And then when uh, when Austin comes back uh, just after Mania 2000, so in like April is when Austin finally comes back and he confronts Rikishi and they find out that he was him that, that did it and he did it for The Rock. Right. For the family. Uh, yes. Yes, for the family. So I was wondering, did they like know that they were related at that point in time? Like, did, did the universe know? I mean, I know they knew. I I think so. I knew that that all of the Samoans that you were going to see on WWF TV at the time were related. There's listen, it, it you under you probably don't understand how big this Samoan family is. Anybody that is Samoan is in this family, except there is one person in professional wrestling that is Samoan that is not in this family, and that is Samoa Joe. I was going to yeah, say that. Real weird. But <laughs> everybody else, in some way, shape, or form, is in this family. Right. From Rock to Rikishi to Ozuna. Head to the head shrinkers, to the wild Samoans, to Rocky Johnson, to you know, well, who to, and to, to, to the, and going to now current times with Roman Reigns and the Usos and um, Nia Jax. Uh, I don't know if if Tomatonga's technically in the family. I think he is, or at least I, th- I thought he was. He might be. He might be in there somehow, somehow. Even though if he's not, um, not technically Samoan. Well, anywho, thank you all for uh, joining us for this uh, lovely pay per view. I uh, I tallied the tallied the numbers. Oh, drum roll, please. 
little drum roll. Um, it looks like Warren may have snuck away with a victory uh, with a score of... Uh-oh, wait a minute. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, Warren Warren did sneak away. I almost said, oh, maybe I miscount. I thought I miscounted. Had to do a recount because I thought. Oh, don't don't bring a recount now, please. Are there some hanging chads there, Chris? There might, there, I thought there was a hanging chad, but I, I, uh, it's, it's official. Uh, Warren snuck away. Uh, with a score of nine to eight, nine to eight, real sque- really squeaked it by, uh, by the narrowest of margins. Right, and Warren, why, you why started is the score so high? There's only I scored like by points. Like, like if you said something that I liked, I gave you a point. Oh. Like, I didn't do, like, you won the round. I did, like, if you made a point that I liked, I gave you a point. So Warren started off with a negative point, and you started off with a positive point, but right. you lost that positive point by something you said. You said something about how you didn't like Hardcore Holly, I think it was. And I, I- Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, the Blue Ranger is the best Power Ranger, in my opinion. Oh, he got his point back. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's too late. I already declared my winner. Um, So that'll conclude this episode of the Triple R Podcast. Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, The Instagram. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Sorry about that. A little technical. (laughs) (laughs) Doc wouldn't open. That has all the stuff on it. Sorry about that. So. Follow us on Instagram, uh, IG, it's uh, the Triple R Pod, at Triple R Pod. Uh, you can also go to our website, triplerpodcast.com, and feel free to uh, send us an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to uh, give us some words of encouragement. We're always looking forward to reading some emails. Uh, the email is the real Triple R Podcast at gmail.com. Um, any final words before we sign off, gentlemen? So I think after our last episode, which was the pre-show, where Pilch is going to pick a pay-per-view, I think Pilch is picking the next episode that we do, and then I will pick the following after that. Sounds like a plan to me. Uh, so, Pilch, uh, do some thinking, and uh, we'll uh, we'll reveal our next uh, pay-per-view in the uh, next pre-show that comes out. Um, all our episodes will drop, uh, pre-shows drop on Wednesday and the main show drops on uh, Sundays at uh, 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, I'm Chris Lee and joined with Warren and Justin. We will see you next time.